Brothers Book Club Podcast. We are here with episode 17 on Caligula. We're jumping right in this week, Ryan. We're here. We're back. Yep. We're here with uh, Suetonius, and uh, we're talking We're talking Roman emperors. Yeah, we're talking we're history. Talk- yeah, we're talking Rome. Talking history, talking Rome, and uh, misbehavior, I think, would be another thematic word we can draw out early on. Yeah, some messed up stuff. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. No no doubt. Yeah, that's how it is. Um, Yeah, we want to jump right into it this week, lest uh, any technical stuff befalls us. Let's uh, get into reviews right away. We always begin with a short review of the book we've read. Uh, Ryan, do you want to start with yours? Yeah, um, my review changed completely. I think we'll get into the quotes later, but there's, I think, around 20 pages in this book, uh, the tone changes completely, and... um, once it uh, gets into sort of the grittier stuff, I thought it was pretty captivating, kind of like punch by punch, similar to Marco Polo, and uh, we'll get into that later as well. But um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, some family stuff in the beginning, some bloodline stuff I thought was kind of drew drew was kind of drawn out, but um, yeah, some pretty gritty stuff I thought. Uh, really interesting towards the end. Yeah, it really does flip on a dime, as the expression goes. It just an instantaneous change in yeah. in the middle of this book. Well, more like early in the early middle. Yeah, I yeah. thought it it got way better. I think when he went less neutral. I think it's it's for the book's worse when he kind of has this shred of neutrality in the opening when he's yeah. talking family history. He's building up who this emperor was, which. You know, it's an emperor. It's that stuff matters. I'm not going to say it's unimportant. I For think sure. to a to a 2019 reader, probably fairly unimportant. But he's a historian, so we got to let him have those pages. Yeah. Um, and I think after that, it just becomes a total beatdown, and the tone is both like eviscerating and also sort of t- sounds. He just sounds tired sometimes the way he writes about the guy's yeah. exploits and his misbehaviors. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, if you're looking for, I think, you know, if you're reading this or listening to this in 2019 or who knows what year, um, if you don't, it, well, it's interesting because if you want to read about a, a very powerful person misbehaving and a person just really fed up with it, that that will either exhaust you or maybe you'll be, that's what you're looking for. You're like, yeah, yeah. give me more of that. I think, Yeah. I don't know, we, we have uh, the politics of the last decade or so have been, you know, already we get a lot of these sort of... Uh, list style misbehaviors but this is a good example of you know it's been a couple thousand years and who knows what's changed right the uh the abuse of power that uh definitely has not um there's quite a bit of that going on in these pages i think yeah a theme that maybe will maybe will always be eternally relevant uh right. start start us with some quotes then go ahead and why don't you just start at the turn <laughs> the, you know, the turn it's what we both pulled it was the first quote that i circled it's on page 21 and it's just a one sentence paragraph that i thought was really amazing it said so much for gaius the emperor the rest of this history must needs <laughs> must needs deal with gaius the monster and that's when i was um, that made my uh made my ears perk my eyes perk up a little bit and I was like okay well that now this now this is probably going to get pretty interesting and it does 
Yeah, I don't think has definitely not in the collection from Penguin, these little classics we've been reading. Um, never has a moment so saved a book. I mean, it could be maybe an all timer for me. Do you know the uh, absolute unit like meme, like Reddit meme? internet thing this is that for transitions because it absolutely (laughs) saved what was otherwise a guaranteed yeah one for me or would have been we'll talk more about ratings but yeah this is an all-timer i think we can say because yeah i think we can talk all time within the the classics that we've read so far this this is definitely an all-time great sentence but also in like the the um like the brevity of the situation. It, it, yeah, this was a big one. I thought that was one of the best sentences that we, I've read so far. Um, and it lived up. It really lived up to the hype. There's some crazy, crazy shit that follows, I think, in the uh, 30-some-odd pages uh, that follow. It's interesting. He almost alludes to some of the, the um, this emperor's madness and like extreme tendencies, um, yeah. his kind of lavish tendencies. I pulled the quote from page 19 because it was the thing I wrote down that it was the thing I wanted to do the drawing of this week for the for our Instagram. Yep. If you're listening to this and don't follow that, um, we do a drawing or I do a drawing every week for the book. Um, I don't even think I'm going to finish this one because my idea for it was just got too big mm, and it was too basically lavish. Like, yeah, I mean, appropriately enough, yeah, it kind of yeah. outstripped my imagination. Yeah, um, that's on theme. But before he does that turn, on page 19, he's describing this uh, building endeavor that the Emperor Gaius, oh, well, yeah. Tom Caligula, wanted. Um, yeah. It's, this is the quote. One of his spectacles was on such a fantastic scale that nothing like it had ever been seen before. He collected all available merchant ships and anchored them in two lines close together, the whole way from Baie or Baie to the mole yeah. at uh, Puto- Putoli. Putoli? Yeah. Well, these old yeah, names. Putoli. A distance of three miles and some 600 feet. And then he goes on to say that basically he had these <laughs> ships and people, these workers, build a land bridge yeah, just completely like made up. Covered in dirt? Like yeah, earth? It, yeah. Yeah. Covered yeah, in just earth? Filled, yeah. filled the gap between the <laughs> ships with earth. And then yeah. it, it was even said, I'm not going to read that quote and keep going, but it was said in the book that it was perhaps because of a childhood prophecy against yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, that uh, someone told him that he wouldn't be emperor until he rode on horseback, like from one place to the other. So he did. Yeah, pretty staggering stuff. That's that was a- <laughs> Yeah. That, that quote had kept me at least vaguely intrigued, though the rest of it was kind of bogging me down. But I thought maybe, okay, maybe we're getting to some of his uh, madness or madness, lavish madness, um, and that was a good moment to keep me hooked. Yeah the um, the little blurb on the back it said it's uh, just says the original biography of the murderous, crazed, and incestuous Roman emperor Caligula, who pronounced himself a god. Up until that point, I was like, well, none of this that's been going on that they're talking about seems that ridiculous or crazy or over the top. But then, then you really start to get into some of the weirder, like bigger, bolder stuff that he did. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's completely fucking ridiculous. That's out of control. Yeah. And he opens with a lot of building projects and kind of reasonable public works and just things that an emperor of Rome or a leader of any country would have to manage and put out and work on public works basically. Yeah, and I think he was one of the first emperors uh, to, like, introduce some of the aqueducts in Rome. So it's not like he was just doing, like, 
crazy bad stuff all the time. I think some of the stuff that they talk about in the beginning is good. He liked to throw a party. He liked to, um, you know, put the races together, bring people out. I guess I think it even talked about at one point, he just like, you know, he like just puts money, like throws money off a roof. Um, sure. I, I, but uh, yeah, th- that was the first, that was the first quote. I saw we both pulled it um, where it turns, but um yeah, let me see. What's another one that you pulled? Another good one. Well, good contrast is much later in the book on 39 when the author's just fully has been, do- you know, dozens and dozens of criticisms at that point. Yeah. Um, I, this was one of my favorite excesses. I mean, there were so many. Uh, and again, in these reviews, we're not looking to give a full rundown. So I just pulled my favorite one, I think. Right. Um, but it says, he invented new kinds of baths and the most unnatural dishes and drinks, bathing mm. in hot and cold perfumes, drinking valuable pearls dissolved in vinegar, and providing <laughs> his guests with golden bread and golden meat. He would remark that Caesar alone could not afford to be frugal, uh, which I think, I mean, it has a slight connection because you'll see these dishes nowadays at restaurants. If you want to go over the top, you put gold leaf on things. These ridiculous flaked in gold. Yeah, really artificially inflated foods, which are already really stupid. But again, I think Caligula has a one up on everyone because drinking a pearl dissolved in vinegar is just... That's, that's just I wild. Mean, yeah, that's wild that's as hell. That's the epitome of access, I think, in that my is, mind. Yeah, that is lavish. Like, this pearl has been dissolving in this vinegar for months. It's time that we both just drink it up. Like, what? The, the arrogance to have to consume it. I mean, it's not enough to just wear it or have it out and looking pretty. The, yeah. Like, having, to, having to eat it is just, or drink it, <laughs> just speaks to a, a twisted mind that really yeah. Oh, yeah. not stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. One of those screws up there is, uh, is quite loose. Um, it, it's actually funny that quote that you just pulled the, like the sentence after it, he said, uh, it goes for several days in succession. He scattered large sums of money from the roof of the Basilica Julia and he built Liburnian galleys with 10, 10 banks of oars, jeweled poop decks, multicolored sails and huge baths, colonnades and banqueting halls aboard, not to mention growing vines and fruit trees of different varieties. Is he, is, he, is they saying that on a boat? Yeah, that's all, like that's all on a cruise. Vines and shit on the on the cruise ship. Is this so different, really, than the kinds of yachts you see today? Just, I mean, not that I am on them ever, but the kinds no. of yachts that you can see videos and pictures of and everything. I mean, I guess not. It's just like a different type of, uh, like a different type of showing off or a different way, I guess. But I mean, yeah, you could probably equate that to you know these people who put together these like mega yachts. Um, I don't know if anyone's growing like vines or fruit on their yacht, but you know, that's, that's, no, we, that's one we way to take it. it now. We refrigerate. Well, of course. Yeah, that's true. But what's cooler than you just, you know, maybe you're just sailing in, you're docking your boat, you look over and it's just got, you know, some guy's boat is just big enough. He's just got a row of vines, you know, just growing some <laughs> grapes, just <laughs> thinking about I, making some wine. I am certain we could find a yacht. Don't know about the growing or the grapes or the practical fruit kind of plants, but I bet we could find a yacht that has a, a tree on it or something or like a garden in it. See, that seems cool. That seems, that's lavish right there. It's like, oh, well, part of my yacht is actually, uh, I've, I have a man-made forest <laughs> on there. Like, yeah, there's a tree, there's yeah. like a, a courtyard or something. It's its entire um, ecosystem right here. Yeah, it's uh, totally self-sufficient. There's uh, there's one that I pulled on that kind of has to do with the same like ridiculous over-the-top thing with uh, money and gold. 
on um, page 44, it said, at last he developed a passion for the feel of money and spilling heaps of gold pieces on an open space. He would walk over them barefoot or else lie down on them and just wallow. Like just, just visualize that just Mm. a person. It's like the, remember watching DuckTales growing up? Yeah. You know, the intro in DuckTales when um, I think it's, it's not Scrooge, but who's like the, who's like the Donald, that's not Donald Duck, but like whoever that is, where he dives into the pool of gold. Oh yeah, he just, like, he's like he swims in it. It's like that's that's like the same type of same type of thing. Like uh, growing up, you see that and you're like, man, that is that is over the top. That's insane. You that like you can't just dive into a pool of pool of gold. That's still my image of what the hyper wealthy do. I mean, I, I don't know if it's, you know, holds up. <laughs> a lot of it might be digital at this point, but in my in my brain, when I have to picture yeah. like Jeff Bezos, it's like, all right, it's Saturday night. What's Jeff Bezos doing? It's like 90% of my brain goes basically there where it's like, oh yeah, he's doing, he's swimming in his money pool, <laughs> doing a high dive, doing a swan dive and do, you know, this like pool of gold coins. He has a room in his house that is like the size of a, I don't know, like a, a warehouse size room. And he, there's a diving board right at the top and he just dives into it. It's just an abyss of money. Yeah, really, really an endless pit. He's well, definitely now, never seen the bottom of it. Yeah, now we know where, it, uh, where all that uh, inspiration came from. It was Caligula in the very beginning, just laying on it. Just That's a, when, when, the, when the very touch becomes a kind of a tactile need, kind of an aesthetic or tactile right. sensation that you need, I think that's when you know that you've gone pretty far with your wealth. <laughs> with you your, gotta, uh, yeah, you might want to step away or find some uh, find some other hobbies. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's not something that I don't think was meant to be uh, enjoyed in that kind of way. I don't think it's meant to be alive. Yeah. yeah, just touching it to your skin and feeling comforted by it. That's there's something to unpack there. We're no, no. we're no Freudians here, but I think there's something there. There's some, yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot of stuff going on with this guy. I think if you really you know want to break it down in that way, um, yeah. yeah. Do you pull any other good ones? I did have one more quote. Yeah, I'll throw in here at the end. I thought it was probably the kind of the cleanest quote and the most kind of just me, gave me a quick chuckle and a quick response and just thought it was so well-written and creepy. Um, I, I wrote down here that it reminded me of something you hear in like the Godfather movies or something, a very kind of mob-esque hitman type saying, kind of that, that secondhand speak or that yeah. like, double speak you have to have when you're like a mobster or some kind of kingpin, you know, when you're ruling over a, I guess in this case, a literal empire. I was thinking like a crime empire. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, on 32, he, the historian tells us, when signing the execution list after the 10-day waiting period, Caligula, Caligula used to say, I'm clearing my accounts, which <laughs> is, uh, I, can, just, I can hear the Don just kind of mumbling that, yeah. you know, clear the accounts, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've updated my books. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm going to, hey, hey, Tony, I'm going to need you to clear the accounts today. Yeah. yeah, it's like a, it's like someone that you'd hear like uh, back in the day saying to like a secretary, it's like clear my entire afternoon, clear my schedule, or clear clear my clear all of my accounts. Yeah, this uh, of course with Caligula, nothing is nothing is casual and nothing is safe. So that that is a, such an ominous tone to it. But yeah, I really thought that stood out. Yeah, that's a good one, and I mean that is like a that's a tagline to 
Like if, you know, if they were to make this, I think they did make Caligula into a movie or they have made a movie about him. I think it was in like the seventies or the eighties, but Hmm. you got to include that line. If you're, if you're making a movie about him today, I think that may, I think that sneaks it in. I'm clearing my accounts. And we're the way we were just quoting it so expertly, you can tell we're voice actors by by nature, by trade. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> what what accents we put on there. Um <laughs> I can hear him saying it in multiple tones though, which again makes it kind of work all the better. I can hear mm. him kind of screaming it like a maniac, you know, like yeah. playfully, like sure. really unstable psychopath style. I can kind of picture Joaquin Phoenix's character in that Gladiator movie kind of saying it with the really mm. sinister tone too, kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. in a menacing way. I don't yes. know. There's just a lot of ways you can deliver this line. I don't think it has to be in the very neutral kind of Don Godfather way, but it, you know, that works too. Oh man. Yeah. That, that, uh, there are, yeah, there is no wrong way to do it, but yeah, you could, you could kind of, you could see it going that route, maybe like a little insane chuckle or something, but then it's also equally as effective if it's just muttered. I mean, you know, maybe like uh, maybe like he's not even thinking about it or if it affects him at all. Maybe it's just like a sort of matter of fact, like, oh, I'm clearing my accounts. Yeah. Like, oh, you mean, you mean you're sca- sacrificing hundreds of human lives, but sure. Yeah, whatever. Did you pull anything else about his uh, horrible depravity um, that we didn't cover? Any other quotes about him? The depravity, no. Um, Even though, I mean, there's a bunch of that in here. The only other quote that I pulled that I thought was somewhat interesting was the fascination with his horse. And I think that's on page Hmm. uh, 56. Uh, I think his horse is named, um, how would you pronounce that? Incitatus? Oh, gosh. Incitatus? That looks like it's Latin, probably. I don't know. Right. You can just say Invictus, like that movie that came out a decade ago about, uh, that rugby about a players. Horse? No, that was about rugby players, I think. Oh, yeah, the Matt Damon. That's uh, right. I think. <laughs> well, I, no, no, I'm, I, that's, that's, that's conflicting for me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to butcher it. Incitatus owned a, owned a, and he's talking about his horse. Uh, he owned a, he owned a marble stall. Or a marble stable, an ivory stall, purple blankets, and a jeweled collar, as well as a house, furniture, and slaves, to provide suitable entertainment for guests whom Gaius invent or invited in his name. It is said that he even planned to award Incitatus a consulship. Like this guy was putting his horse like in the Senate, which is like, hey man, you're uh, you're talking to a horse. Like I get it, you know, man's best friend. What's what what have you? But. That's when you're. That's when you know you're losing the plot. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, that's well said, and I, it's such a good contrast because when a small midwestern town elects a dog as mayor, I think I'm on board. For some reason, mm-hmm. that's cute, and just it doesn't quite feel like giving up. It just feels like trying to keep things light in a place that hopefully is functioning. This feels right. like this is probably one of the final pieces of the whole b- book, and it feels like when a <laughs> when a leader, kind of a, a singular like authoritarian or whatever leader does a move like this it's definitely a sign of madness it's not nearly as yeah. funny it's like <laughs> yeah, he's oh. yeah he's losing it it's like uh you know a lot of people in ancient rome you know it's like you work your whole life to uh to be given that uh like the consulship or put on like a be a member of the senate or something it's like yeah and then you show up to work one day and you're just sitting next to a fucking horse it's like yeah. well 
<laughs> we got to do something about this guy. A horse who, <laughs> who outranks you. Yeah, a horse who you oh, probably yeah. have to entertain. Oh, who? Yeah, who can do no wrong? Who's living in a who's living in a nicer house than you? Apparently, you know he's got slaves working for him. It's a it's a dark time, a dark uh, situation to find yourself in. Yeah, I think before we switch to author to author and try and find some connections, I, we should just mention without, I don't want to re- go back and reread anything else unless you want to, but um, I think we pulled some of the more entertaining, interesting, there's definitely way more of his exploits, some of which though are actually rough, like he was clearly a serial yeah. rapist or sexual yeah. harass. There, there's some actual d- very disturbing things in here that are described, I wouldn't say in like horrific detail, but I mean enough to be... I mean, genuinely off-putting. Um, yeah, so matter-of-factly, and it's like, it is incestuous, and it is like, he seemed like he was forcing himself on, like, literally every single person he met. Right, in, he had entire well, parties dedicated to it. Yeah, like, he would, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I didn't pull any of the exact quotes, but, you know, like, in front of, uh, in front of people's, like, spouses, or in front of, like, a, and I think it was men and women, too. Like, it, yeah, it, there was yeah. no, like, it was just everybody, like, so man. Get- it's a, it's just worth pointing out to do kind of give a more comprehensive look at the book, but also again in 2019, you're either going to read that with you know some amount of I don't even know what I was trying to say. Like I was going to say consolation or some kind of like oh yeah this is a this has been going on, or you're just like too tired and you're like I don't want to read that. That's fine too. I mean because it's not all humorous is I guess the point. Right. Yeah. No. There's um there's some real rough patches where they're talking about like members of his own family and stuff right. like that, where it's, it's like, man, I don't know. I think he was only an emperor for four years. And in those four years, like he, I think it towards the end, it really got to him. Um, and without, you know, spoiling too much about the end or anything, but he, he, he was doing some pretty heinous stuff <laughs> that I yeah. think, uh, I think it prompted a couple people, uh, to sort of look around and be like, Hey man, yeah, we got to get this guy out of here. This guy's yeah. he's, he's getting out of control. Well, let's uh, jump to author to author. This is when we try and find connections between our previous reading and this week's reading. Um, I'll start mostly because I think the probably most important thing we should say off the top, although it's a little late for off the top, is I think the historical accuracy of this has not been fully verified. I think some of it has been blown out of proportion, according to the you know very cursory Google Wikipedia searches I did. Um, there are other historians who wrote about Caligula in also pretty negative terms, but obviously right. there's a lot of disagreements and accounts about what really would have happened versus rumors versus whatever. Right. Um, but taken on its own, it's a pretty intriguing and horrifying portrait. So I think, you know, unless you're a historian or something, I think it has its own merits to be read. But yeah, I mean, take it all with a grain of salt, as they say. Yeah, yeah. I I think in yeah, we'll just jump into the author to author. Whereas Marco Polo's so sensationalized, I do feel like there are parts of this that seem to be somewhat I, I don't think any of this is like, you know, proven ultimately like a lot i guess like you know like some of these like writings and things like that it's all been lost and things like you know but this did this did have like a more legitimate feel to it i think than like the like marco polo stuff that was just like completely over the top it's interesting too because i wrote down yeah i think i agree but I, i did write down that i don't think i would want marco polo's version because i don't think he would revel enough 
in well, again, revel is the wrong word. I don't think he'd be critical enough or would hone in enough on the very small little bits of madness that this guy, like he seems Marco Polo in his account seems very happy to like jump from person to person. You know, he'll spend a page on an intriguing prince or King or something or a couple pages, but then he, you know, he kind of moves on to the, to the next meat throwing diamond farmer or whatever, you know, it's all interesting. I just, I think this was the perfect length and breadth of like a real takedown you would need in 2019. This would be a, this would be a 300 page Barnes and Noble hardcover. Like, can you believe oh, sure. what this fucking Caligula guy's doing? Like, eh. it, it'd be the Suetonius report. It would be, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, redacted, heavily redacted, probably. Yeah, probably the whole thing would be. <laughs> if, I mean, geez, it'd be black, yeah, yeah, just black pages. Page twenty-two to fifty-five would be real dark. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I was, I was kind of thinking similarly. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like Marco Polo's take on Suetonius or sorry on Caligula's Rome and on his empire like that would be a fascinating read I think it would kind of you know in that style in his own you know like matter of fact style it could be really interesting maybe if he did decide to dwell on some of the you know crazier things that was going on at the time yeah, it would be interesting. But then I was thinking about Suetonius <laughs> going and traveling like the Marco Polo route and writing about some of those islands on, you know, on around India. Right, I, don't right. think, I didn't think that would be as entertaining. I would take the I would take the latter Marco Polo going and writing um, about the about the time that Caligula was uh, an emperor. I feel like that could be there could be something there. Yeah, and I certainly wouldn't want the Suetonius family lineages of the kind of, there were some intriguing people and kings and things in the Marco Polo accounts. I definitely don't need the first 20 pages of their lineage and the history and all of that. That's just a complete pass. If Suetonius went and kind of embedded himself in with one of the people he mentioned, with Marco Polo mentioned, there's definitely some, I would, I would probably read that, but I would need, that's the thing with the Suetonius tone we kind of mentioned. He, it just sounds a little personal. Like he personally was disgusted by Caligula, which made the writing just pop a little bit more. Marco Polo for all of his wonderment, he just Mm -hmm. never, had much of a tone. It was also neutral and just kind of presenting, you'll never believe this. Oh, how about this? Um, yeah, yeah, there's I mean, no opinion there. Yeah. I need more of a takedown. Um, you did get some, yeah, some disdain, I think from Suetonius. Um, you know, you could tell that there were contemporaries and that he was probably, you know, affected may possibly directly. Sounds like right. most of the, most of the higher ups <laughs> in Rome around that time were, if not di- directly affected, um, indirectly at some at some point. But yeah, I I did I did get that. Um, he had he definitely had more of a of a cutting opinion. I think. Yeah, and I remember now. I'm not going to try and pull the quote. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try in a second. But there was definitely a moment where Suetonius was talking about how because Caligula enjoyed rhetoric and letters and kind of reading and writing that he's yeah. but he sort of issued a couple of public takedowns of really popular like rhetoricians and and famous orators and stuff like he was he really was leaving no stone uncriticized or unflipped you know he was just constantly in attack mode it seems like on just about everyone yeah like uh not yeah just about and if it wasn't about like um you know like scholars or 
you know, like poets or whatever of the time. It was um, like, I think it was also like the physical appearance too. Like they, you couldn't, no one could be like better looking or taller or have more hair, like anything. Right. <laughs> he was a very like Napoleon uh, complex type of dude where he would have no problem just uh, like sacrificing you <laughs> if like if you just like looked at him the wrong way yeah um, yeah or like you know if you thought that you were like one-upping him in like a conversation or something like he uh he would just fly off the deep end incredibly dangerous when a person so petty is given such power that's a lesson for yeah. us all keep keep it that yeah. in mind yeah <laughs> that's that's the uh that's the political statement of the of the episode we could have gone there we're not right. gonna go there I think we covered it, you know, subtextually. We'll let people read into what they want to. Yeah, say what you will. Say what you will. Well, let's finish with our ratings. We always go on a one through three system. One being do not read this pass. Three being absolutely go find it. And then a two is recommended with a qualification. Um, why don't you go ahead and start us, man? What do you got? I I wrote down that this was this was heading directly for a one, I think in the first, like we said, 20 pages, 20, 21 pages until they make that sharp turn. Uh, this was, this was not going so well. And then I don't know. I thought that the rest of it had sort of, I think you said like punch for punch, like little descriptions about some of these like atrocities and like ridiculous things that this guy was doing. And I think that that gripped me a lot more than, the bloodline lineage stuff in the beginning. So I had to give it a two. I wouldn't put it up there with some, it's like not good enough. Like maybe if there was a little bit less of the family stuff, more of like the more details about how this dude decided to like rule when he was emperor. But you know, that's like a, that's just, you know, nitpicking at this point. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a solid, it was a solid fun read at the end. Uh, maybe fun's the wrong word because some of it's not very fun at all, but um, interesting enough for me at the end to, to warrant a two. Definitely better than a one. Yeah, I pretty much concur in everything you said. It was, to me, I wrote down, it was definitely the most ferocious case of whiplash I've had because the first 20 pages were one. It was 100% goonlog, which has become my shorthand for just a very boring (laughs) listing of things that are just not relevant to a plot or a story or just are not described in any way to to give you reason to care. It's just sort of like, here's a very neutral summary of a bunch of people's names and lineages and stuff. Yeah. Um, and what they were doing. And you're just like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, and, and so you're going through that and then he hits that transition. And then from there, it's a three for me. Again, I think, you know, whether you can personally, whether you personally want to read something like this, I feel like the, thousands of years were removed made it readable and just made it like a curiosity you know like a monstrous curiosity of just to be like yeah. wow this is, if even 10 percent of this is real what an absolutely horrific case against yeah. why no person should be an emperor ever right yeah um, total control yeah and so i was gripped by it i really it was very readable and the tone the critique part of it really helps, I think, push it along. But it's it's a one to three in the in a fierce way. So a two is perfect in my mind. If you know, if you want to get a little touch of history and then just read this brutal takedown, I think it w- is entertaining. And again, I think I, that's not a great word because, like we mentioned, some of it's pretty serious. But I think I, doesn't history kind of remove us from it? Can't we call it entertaining? It was you know, yeah. two thousand years it's ago. A- yeah, 2000 years ago it kind of takes like some of the um 
personal. I, I don't know why it makes it less personal. Well, I think if, you always look to the question of did anyone involved in this or their descendants, is it is that, are the things that happened then still relevant today? And can we trace that line? And I just don't think we could at this point. I feel no. like the line has become too convoluted yeah. and would be too impossible yeah. to trace back. So, yeah, it's like untraceable. In, the, yeah, in that regard, the, the arguments would just become too abstract at that point and, you know, too far removed from human reality. Right. Um, right. At least I feel comfortable saying that about an 1800 or 2000 roughly year event. Um, obviously, people might... Now they can pose arguments if they don't agree. And so I thought right. it was entertaining in a, you know, in that kind of depraved car crash, like that sick, you know, you're closing one eye, but keeping the other one open to peak. Yeah. And it kind of had that quality to it where you're just like, wow, I can't believe this person was real. It's great fodder and inspiration for, if you're writing like a Shakespearean uh, or Dickens type villain. I mean, it's, this is like peak, yeah. easy, creepy, ultimate villainy stuff. Yeah, totally. And it's even stuff like I, I Googled him right after I finished because I kind of wanted to see like, you know, where this all landed in like the scope of Roman emperors and timing and things like that. And there's a ton of uh, direct comparisons with Caligula and uh, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Like uh, if you oh, type sure. in, if you like Google search Caligula, it's like the second thing that comes up is like Caligula meme. And it's all like game of thrones weird joffrey mashups and like um the yeah stuff about his horse and just him being like a total weirdo um so yeah it kind of does have like some of those you know like classic like roman uh like themes i think that everybody enjoys reading about stories about yeah and if you want to take it through fiction there's gosh all kinds of fantasy fiction that could provide depraved people in this manner um so yeah whether you're looking for the real thing perhaps historically accurate or not or you're just looking for you know who inspired joffrey on game of thrones that's a good that is a good connection though and i'm not surprised that some historian some enterprising historian got out there and thought holy shit this thing i've been studying i I can yeah i can actually (laughs) and get people to care about the thing i've been studying for forever um yeah because yeah those connections are pretty direct i bet yeah and they even like the bust of Caligula. If you look at it, they like splice them 50, 50. And I think they even like look vaguely similar. If you can like, wow. you know, if you can go that far with a with a bust of somebody, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I thought I found it to be interesting. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's give a preview next week. We have Jason and Medea. So we're jumping over from Rome to Greece uh, yeah. I will not say much because I have read ahead a little bit. I'm about halfway through this one, so I won't say anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I guess I can preview it just slightly and say it's pretty traditional Greek heroic storytelling. There's gods and goddesses tinkering. There's heroes on quests, and it kind of fits into that vein. So, All right. Well, yeah, just jumping across the pond and um, yeah, still looking ahead next week, volume 18, and then we're looking at one more, and then we're going to have some sort of uh special which we that's still in the works but right for the uh for the communist manifesto coming up we're we're gonna do something we're gonna do something special for that <laughs> i think so i think we'll try and maybe get some listeners involved and see what we can get yeah we'll see what we can get but um yeah in the meantime uh for next week we'll see you uh between the classics <laughs>